This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Today we're talking about quite possibly my number one favourite thing to do in PR, create an interview schedule. And I'm joined by Corey Cooper. Welcome to the PR Pod. Hello, Brooke. I also love creating a schedule. <laughs> it's something that we've bonded on together over the years. We've both had a... T- I might add, well, mine are never as strong as yours. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yours are pretty, uh, pretty impressive. We've both obviously got a lot of experience in putting these together, but for those who have never seen or heard of an interview schedule, how would you describe it? A Bible, basically. <laughs> yeah. Every, uh, you know, from uh, certainly, and you know, I must say my experience has been from an entertainment sort of um, entertainment background. So the schedules involve people and lots of moving parts. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got every single level of detail you need in there. Uh, hotel concierges, um, drivers, security, travel agent, um caterers you know you've really got every single piece of information in there so that it's the one document that um multiple people can share yeah and every single interview is laid out it very clearly defines the elements of it is it live is it pre-record it includes breaks includes yeah. like includes travel time so it's very Backup clear phone numbers yeah if producers. you've got to make any arrangements throughout that or rearrange things mm-hmm. and we'll kind of get to that a little bit later it's very clear how you need to do that and who you need to call to yeah. to do that. Yeah. Usually when you have big name celebrities, they only are available for a handful of interviews. So those interview schedules are really actually quite easy to put together. Yes. The harder, more complex and more challenging ones, in my experience, certainly are related to the light entertainment reality style television shows. So the winners of The Bachelor or of MasterChef or judges on The Voice, why are they more complex? Well, I feel like the frequency the, the frequency of them is more often as well. So certainly with reality contestants that you and I have both done together, we would spend eight or nine hours in a room at Channel 10 back to back having a giggle as well as getting <laughs> through an interview schedule where, you know, an, an, an eliminated contestant would be on the phone every 10 minutes. Why they're popular, um, I think, is because it's happening either weekly or daily. So there's something to talk about. And, you know, you have people that are really invested um, in getting to know or voting or, you know, watching someone dance week to week. So pop culture element towards mm. the, the schedule and, and stuff. I mean, you can see, I mean, I love it. I, I and the reality is those people certainly when it is a television show, those people watching the show are split across the whole country. Exactly. So in Australia, it could be every state of Australia in the smallest of towns to the biggest of towns. So the number of media outlets interested is huge. It could be a radio station in Bunbury in Western Australia because the person is from Bunbury. It could be a radio station in Queensland just because they really got behind that particular mm-hmm. contestant and they've been kicked out now. So, so you're talking about many radio station, newspapers, magazines. Or, or sometimes a, TV. A, a, you know, a news network or a radio network are actually um, affiliated with the show. So yeah. you'd speak to every Nova, yeah. Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, um, Tasmania, you know. Breakfast drive. Yeah, breakfast drive. And, and that is quite often the case. Is yeah. That you're speaking to every state and territory. 
for the talent having the same conversation over and over and over, trying to keep it fresh all day. Mm. So that's quite an unusual circumstance in terms of putting together an interview schedule that is mm. that complex. For the sake of today, let's assume that we've got a brand ambassador that's doing a day's worth of interviews and that's what you need to put together. So before you, as a PR, even start approaching media, there's a few things that you need to think about to assess well, I guess the first one is to assess what are the relevant media outlets. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you need to think about is the target audience. So if you have a celebrity brand ambassador on board for a new makeup product, it is that makeup product for plus 40 women or is it for 20 to 28-year-old mm-hmm. women? And if so, what media outlets do they engage with? Because they, they some of them may cross over, but they can be very different. So you need to start just thinking about who potentially are the media outlets or the sections of those outlets that will be relevant. Absolutely. Uh, exclusivity. Yeah. Do you want to do exclusivity? Do you not want to do it? And what, what I guess what are the pros and cons of mm. being exclusive? Mm. You should probably think about the list of interviews that person has done previously because if you're signing up with a brand ambassador they could have just done a whole heap of interviews and they've just done the cover of Vogue or TV Week. For potentially a different brand or they've been pushing a different product as well. So, you know, speaking to the talent or or their management about any press that has been done or is about to happen. Yeah. And the other thing you need to think about is where that talent will be for that day of interviews and why is that important when it comes to scheduling? Well, like, you know, ideally you would probably, if you're doing a, a day of brand work, you'd probably want to be with that person um, so that you can keep the schedule on time, keep the phone calls on time. Certainly if there's anything face-to-face, I think it's the PR's responsibility to be there Yeah. Um, because that's generally when more things can go wrong and things can run over. And I think also assessing what is available to them, you know, if uh, – if Sydney radio station wants them for a live interview, but they're in Melbourne, it doesn't mean you can't do that interview, yeah. but you need to think about, right, well, that's now going to have to be a phone interview or they're going to have to go into Nova Studios in Melbourne and do it d- d- down ISD the line. line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess once you've got all of that background sorted, then you need to go through and start identifying each of the individual relevant media outlets, be familiar with their sections to ensure they are indeed Absolutely. relevant, especially if you're not that familiar with them or it's a new product you haven't really worked with before. Another thing as well, I guess, is when we're just talking about that is blacklisted um, blacklisted publications and things like that And what well. do you mean by that? Well, sometimes a um, if you're using a celebrity or talent, they will have uh, could potentially have a negative relationship with a particular um, broadcaster or publication journalist. or journalist. Mm-hmm. which um, often happens, you know, um, someone, a journalist could have written a horrible story about the person that you're working with 15 years ago and the talent hasn't forgotten about that. And it happens. It does happen. Mm. Yeah. And you need to be familiar enough with the publications that you're confident when you're pitching in. And I guess this is kind of covered, not kind of covered, it is covered in another episode in terms of pitching to media, but you shouldn't be pitching that talent into any media outlet without knowing uh, exactly what the content is of that. So you wouldn't, Absolutely. you wouldn't pitch your talent in for a uh, Nova drive interview in Queensland without having an understanding of what that tone of that show is. It could be very blokey because it's hosted Absolutely. by three guys. It could be very girly. So you need to listen to these shows and not just think, oh, well, that sounds right and 
let's do Nova Radio, that sounds fun. Is it a Nova Radio interview or is it really a KISS interview or is it an ARN interview? Or is it AM or FM? Yes. Um, yep. You know, like have you? how much time have you got? You know, generally an AM interview is, um, is going to be 15, 17 minutes. Whereas an FM interview is probably going to be three or four minutes. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. So, um, so you need to think about that. And if you are pitching ineffectively, then that's not going to help with your personal relationship with that journalist or your company's relationship. If you're pitching in for a radio show and they actually don't do interviews, they just have a banter between themselves for two hours, they're going to be a little bit annoyed that you're saying, yeah. do, you want to, do you want to have a chat with my talent when that's not what they do? So absolutely. there are consequences to not doing your research. Yeah. Once you've got that list of relevant interview options that you would like to approach, then you need to, I think, go through and start prioritising them, don't you? And how how do you prioritise them? Well, I prioritise with who I think is an ally as well. So I will generally, um, you know, once I've worked out that my allies are right for this particular project, I will offer those interviews usually to people that I work with a lot more often yep. than than less regularly. And that's because you're generally usually going to get more space or you're going to get a better story or, um, yeah, I mean, from then after I've broken down my relationships, I then look at circulation and reach. And I think yeah. circulation is probably a very old-fashioned way of looking at it now, but you'd be looking at reach. Using News Corp as an example, if you're going to run something on news.com, you know that that's going to run nationally all over the country as opposed to doing something with Daily Tally uh, online, which is generally going to be New South Wales as well. So, yes. you know, you want to try and, you know, create as much reach as, as possible to get your story out there. And when you are, I guess, prioritising that list of media, do you... I guess put together your top line. Okay, so these are the let's say I've I've got time to do eight interviews. These are my eight A list interviews, mm. and if none of those work, then you start moving through your B list. Is that how you kind of look at it? Or yeah, if I'm I yeah, that's exactly how I would do it. So I would do you know you've got eight you've got eight slots. I would be presenting to the brand or the client or whoever mm-hmm. it was probably about 15 or 16 spots yeah. so that um, they can see that, you know, they've got some control or, or yep. wherever they think because it's... Because you may just present the A, the eight A-list ones yep. and four of them aren't available or they're not interested exactly. and then you've got to go back to them and say, well, now we need to fill those spots. Or the artist or talent that you're working with mm. may have spoken to them three weeks yes. ago about something completely yeah. different that you're not aware of. Or be blacklisted, like you or said. Or be blacklisted, yeah. Yeah. So let's assume you've got the list of publications that you want to approach. They've been approved by your manager or they've been approved by your client or and they've been approved by the actual talent manager and the talent themselves. Then it's for us, I think, the most fun thing to do is you've got to try and Tetris these all together. So in those circumstances where you've got limited spots, You've got limited spots, but you have, let's say, a, a, a longer list of 15 publications you're approaching, hoping to fill, let's say, eight slots. I think the way that I would go about it is work out which of the publications you non-negotiable want to give an interview to. Yeah. And then you're saying, I have got this person available on this day and let me know your preferred time, A, if you're interested in your preferred time. Um and if it's a slightly longer list, or maybe it's your kind of A, B list, then I guess you could maybe frame it as saying, um, 
I've got this person available on this day. Yeah. Are you interested? If so, come back to me with your preferences yeah. of time and I will see how I can schedule it and I'll come back. So that way you're not saying, yes, you can have that interview and then when you actually go to slot them out, you yeah. can't fit them in. Yeah, no, I think that's probably the best approach because also you don't want it to be, well, you told me I had it. Yes. And then, and then you end up with someone that's disappointed. Absolutely. Yeah. And so how do you manage it? So let's say, for example... You want to announce that you've got a celebrity, it's a new brand ambassador for a lipstick, but that announcement hasn't gone out yet. Mm-hmm. The fact is they're doing the interviews on the day that Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett is now the new lipstick spokesperson. Mm-hmm. How do you manage that with your media when you're pitching the person in? Do you just say, I've got a celebrity? Do you say, I've got Kate Blanchett, but it's under embargo? How do you how do you manage that? Well, I think I think I would normally, the brand name would stay under embargo and I would be talking about the celebrity. Yeah. Because that's who is... That's the hook. That's the hook. Yeah. So you could say, you know, Kate Blanchett is the ambassador for a new product that's coming out. This is the launch time. Mm-hmm. Um, we have six interviews that day. Your interview number two, mm-hmm. um, I would be very honest about, um, you know, generally as well when I'm looking at one of those schedules is you're probably using six different outlets in six different areas of the media. So mm-hmm. you've got one TV, one radio, you know, one or two broadcasts. So you're chopping it up. So generally yeah. the outlets won't be too uh, upset. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think. Two different approaches. Sometimes the brand may not want to be mentioned until the day, or sometimes they may not want to reveal the celebrity where you could say, I have an A-list Australian actress who's coming from Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And you can lead a horse to water and let them know how exciting it is, but officially you're not saying who that person is. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing to think about when you are approaching the media is to give them an outline of their availability. So it may be, you may have that talent for the whole of that Wednesday, the whatever it is, that date. Um, obviously, Breakfast Radio want them to be available in breakfast hours and they don't necessarily want to do an interview at six o'clock in the morning. Mm. If it's a high profile person, then they've got a sweet spot of an hour or so when they want that interview to happen. So if I was approaching someone that's a little bit more flexible, like a newspaper or online, I would keep in mind the fact that you might have some radio time taken out and say, look, they'll be available between 10 and 12 yeah. on that day. Yeah. If you're interested, let me know and let me know what your preferred time is. Absolutely. And again, I guess that comes down with prioritizing live interviews and not live interviews. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you, you can move around that print or that newspaper interview, but that radio slot that you've got first thing in the morning is always going to have to be, is going to have to be there. And how far in advance of, having that day of interviews, would you be contacting journalists? Well, if it's me, I'm probably doing it a fortnight out. If I'm working with international talent that have been landed, then I'll probably know that schedule about four weeks in advance. Um, And with the big radio stations and stuff, they're probably working that far in advance. Smaller ones aren't. And I've also, I guess, smaller digital publications and stuff aren't working because their news cycle is completely different now. It's 24-7. So they're just trying to, you know, create as much content as possible. If you're working with international talent or someone flying in, you're generally going to have that schedule locked off two weeks before they even land. Yeah. So, and then you can be updating your outlets of how everything's going because, you know, things will slightly change. They'll just want to know that the interview's been approved and a rough 
or the day that it's going to be approved. Yep. And then you can usually um, tweak those that There's specific times. timings a day or two out from the actual interview. Mm. And I guess the only exception to that general rule, which I would agree with, is if it is someone that's very high profile and you want to combine that announcement of, you know, your radio interviews and your TV interviews and your and your daily newspaper with something broader, like you want them to hopefully be the cover of a supplement or yeah. it's a cover of a monthly magazine, in which case you're then going to have to be talking to those outlets a couple of months in advance because yes. they, they can move around their covers, yeah. but they plan yeah. those things far in advance. Yeah. Um, most of the time for me, it's usually about six weeks in advance and a way of working a, around it, especially if you've got a really tight schedule, is is doing the words or doing the copy in advance from wherever they are um, and then literally smashing two hours into your schedule to get a photo shoot done yeah. and out the way. So that's another way of, of, you know, working around it is having, you know, stuff done in advance and the photos done yeah. on, the, on much closer to the time. Don't offer talent up if you can't provide the interview. You know, let's say you've got a long list of 45 publications, you've got eight slots. I would not be going out to 45 publications, you know, as we've talked about, go through the list of priority. If you're pitching far enough in advance, say two to three weeks, give people a, a deadline of when they need to come back to you. Absolutely. And say, you know, I need to hear back in. And be reasonable. Don't say I need to hear back in two hours or 12 yeah. hours. Give them at least 24 to 48 hours because yeah. they need to go back and talk to their bosses or their producers and work out how it might fit into the flow of that, that content that yeah. they're planning. If you leave yourself enough time, then if people aren't interested, then you can move down your list of priorities. Absolutely. So let's say there's a clash and it's two quite important things. Let's say Nova wants to have a chat to someone. Sounds like a very good challenge. (laughs) Nova wants to chat to someone at 7.45am live in studio. Sunrise want them on at 8.10am. So you can't possibly get them from one location to another location? How would you manage something like that? That's a really good question. And and it's your favourite kind of problem yes, to manage. Yes, it is. My favourite kind of problem that I want um, Fitzy and Whipper or Nova and, and Sunrise competing at the same time. <laughs> um, look, I would probably bring it down to um, personal relationship with the producers mm-hmm. and the amount of reach. And also, you know, even though we are doing, we're running the brand's schedule for them, the brand are also going to want to have KPIs or have some kind of influence or where it, whatever they think the most important was. If we're Drilling it down to those two, I'd probably go for broadcast yeah. um, myself. The television. The television, sorry, yeah. television broadcast, because it's going to end up online. It's going to end up on their, you know, on their on their website or whatever. Um, and, you know, you've got those eyeballs. And the reality is if your talent is high profile enough and hasn't done interviews for six months or 12 months or there's been a significant yeah. gap and they're in demand, you may be able to get away with doing a radio interview in the car. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And on, so on you might, but you can't do that with TV. They're not no. going to do an interview with someone in the car. They have got to be there. Mm. Whereas radio, you might be. So, you know, as much as radio is absolutely a priority. Yeah, totally. You might be able to get away with it's it. It's slightly more flexible. And, you know, you know, if we're talking about like an A-list, you know, Hollywood celebrity, then chances are the radio guys are probably going to want to take it anyway. Yeah. So when it comes to putting together your interview schedule and slotting things in, we've kind of talked about things to keep in mind, like things that are inflexible, like radio or television and working around things that are more flexible. But in terms of other elements of that actual schedule for that day, like 
breaks. Mm -hmm. You have to keep in mind really breaks. Important. It's no point really just important. packing it out from no. 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. No. and you've and there's not a break in there. Yeah. You've got to factor those things in, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, I've had um, I've had uh, talent that I've worked with that have seen the amount of breaks in it, and it's their call, and they've said, can you remove all the breaks so we can get through the interviews a lot faster? Absolutely, no problem. I'll do whatever you need me to do, but it's their call. Because then you have other people that want a lot of breaks um, in between because they could have things going on in their personal life, they want to get on the phone, they want to do other stuff, they're, they're, they're dealing with multiple projects. So yeah, breaks in, in, in the schedule are really, really important. F food, water, going to the bathroom, having a cigarette, whatever it is. Um, again, it's just bringing that element of happiness back to... Yeah. Um, back to and you know like I said if you're running and also if you're running late um, you know you can negotiate with the client or whoever you're working with to remove a couple of breaks and think about travel time so it's all good and well yes. that you have an interview at 8.05 a.m. and you may have a driver so you don't have to worry about parking a car or anything like that but you get dumped at the bottom at the street and then you've got to go up in the lift yeah. and then if it's eight o'clock in the morning, they may be full uh -huh. lifts and then you yeah. get up and you get to reception. The reception's got to let the producer know. Yeah. So all of that can take a time. Oh, so you yes. need to include obviously an appropriate amount of car travel time and, and leaving more yeah. than enough time, yeah. especially if it's peak hour for, for traffic, yeah. but then physically getting in there. Yeah. Those things, I think, often get missed. Yeah, I would agree. And also you've got the hellos and the goodbyes and the photos and the selfies with the people in the studio and all yeah, that kind of that's stuff. A good that's, point. Got, that's got to be built in now as well. It's a given yeah. when you're in a radio studio now that you're probably going to do IDs, mm -hmm. which is, you know, hi, I'm such and such from, you know... Yep. the project or whatever. Um, so all those things are going to take extra time while you're in there and um, and they can be a pain, but it's yeah. essential that they're done. And also if that person has done a lot of radio television, they may have a a working relationship with the presenters. They may exactly. want to have a little chin wag after yeah, exactly. it for a couple of minutes and talk about how their dogs are or yeah. whatever it may be. And you don't necessarily, it's a fine line between saying, being assertive and saying we've got to move and that talent just needing two minutes to be able yeah. to have that kind of personal relationship. Yeah. I find in circumstances like that, that it's actually the radio station talent that don't care about your schedule. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. will be standing around well, and, chatting. And why, for but why would they know exactly. that you've got you exactly. know, another 45 interviews to do? Exactly. And I guess another thing as well, and I don't know if we talk about this later is just being conscious when you're on, when you're on air and when you're not on air. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, you never, like, even though the interview's finished and you're standing in the radio studio and everyone's saying, oh, thanks yep. very much, guys, you know, make sure that you've briefed your talent not to say anything until you're back in the car. Yeah. That's the only time that you guys can, you know, have a laugh or digest the interview or whatever. Don't digest it in the lift on the way down. No. Um, you know, some of the radio stations, green rooms in Sydney are mic'd so that when you're in the green room, they're actually listening to everything that you're talking about which is a bit scary. Um, but, yeah, so that's something to be very yeah. conscious of when you're doing live. When you're doing um, live you've also got to think about, if you're doing interstate journalists, of being very clear about, A, understanding what their time frame may be different. If you're saying to them, if it's someone in Sydney talking to someone in WA and say, right, we've got an interview slot for you at 2 p.m., mm. you need to clarify, is that 2 p.m. Sydney time yes. or 2 p.m. WA time? Yes. Because usually if you're calling from the East Coast to yeah. the West Coast, they will clarify it, but they may not. And also briefing the talent that they're going to be speaking in a different time zone. Yeah. Because, you know, you can be tired in Sydney by 
by lunchtime because <laughs> you've been up since five and it's yeah. still mid-morning radio Which in, w- in WA. Yeah. 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 Should you ask media how much time they require for an interview or should you tell them? I tell them. <laughs> I mean, you generally, you know. But I guess that's coming from someone like you, sorry to interrupt there, that yeah. has some experience of how long they may need. If you've yeah. never put together an interview yeah. schedule, you don't know whether a radio interview is three minutes or seven yeah. minutes or whether a TV, you know, so. Uh, as, a general, find- as a general rule, I think if we're doing online or print media, then, you know, 10 to 15 minutes is a really good chat. Mm-hmm. You can get through a lot of stuff there. For a radio interview, you're obviously dictated by if it's on air or if it's not, if it's live or it's not live. And, you know, even though they're only speaking for seven or eight minutes, you're still putting a 15 minute block on that by the time they've been introed and outroed and all that extra stuff or them running yeah. a bit late. But yeah, I think, I think generally a good interview for an online or a print publication is 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, I'd agree with a, that. Example. And if you need clarification for and I I would agree I wouldn't ask online or print how Mm. long they need I would tell them but for radio and TV I think it's fine to say to the producer yeah uh, how long would you expect to meet them there yeah Yeah. how many segments is it am I going to be on Um, because they may do a chat and then they may have some kind of fun quiz element that they want them to be part of so if you just assume Mm -hmm. it's yeah Yeah. five minutes then you're now going to be behind time they want to do an extra quiz so and and they will tell you in advance they don't throw that stuff up at the last minute because everything is planned to the minute second well there is a rule that i like to go by and that's the rule of no surprises Mm. so don't surprise me with anything because that's not gonna and you know when you're building your schedule your schedule should have no surprises in it as well no because you don't want to be having a birthday celebration surprise in the middle of your schedule or whatever it is um and also the other thing just to get back to timing is you know if you feel like 10 to 15 minutes isn't long enough for print or or online then you can go back to it later in the day or you can top up Mm. the interview a little bit later apologize profusely and say Mm -hmm. sorry this is all we've got now and let's go back to it or if you want to top it up send your questions through on email and we'll get them answered for you and stuff like that so there's other ways of doing and it. also that stuff is probably addressed well it will be addressed when you lock those times in and then you go to that journalist and say great i've locked you in from 11 to eleven fifteen on yeah. monday and they say actually no we need to also take a photo yeah because it's for the newspaper it's so it's unlikely those things will come up on the yeah. day because they probably would have been addressed but that's one thing to consider is if you're doing a newspaper interview uh they are a lot of the time likely to want to come and take a photo if it's something yeah. that is specific. Yeah. Um, so just make sure you clarify the and, requirements. And I've got to say as well, and difference from certainly working with US publicists and more local publicists is when things are live or on air, finding that moment of saying, excuse me, one more question, please, or trying to wrap up an interview is has a real art to it because the last thing you ever want printed is publicist comes in and says interview is over. Which I have had, so you have, have I. had. So have I, so yep. have I. And um, so there's that fine art of waiting for them. You can see when the question is about to be finished and then you can just politely say, sorry guys, you know. You've uh, got two more minutes yeah, Two with more them. minutes or whatever. If it's live, then you generally, it's it's a lot harder to yes. do and people will get very, very upset for you if you do that. But um, yeah, just be mindful and polite. You don't do it mid-question, do it towards the end of the question. It can still come and bite you <laughs> either way though. So even once you've gone out to all your journalists and say, and you've put together this beautiful looking schedule beautiful. that is... That is articulated yes. minute by minute and everything is fitted in perfectly. Every 15 minutes there's a new interview. Yep. Uh, and then 
four of the journalists come back and say, oh, actually, I know I can't do 11. I can only do between two and three that day. So this beautiful looking schedule has to then be rearranged. So that is a reality you're going to have to deal yes. with. And that then may mean that you've got to go back to someone that has said, yeah, great, I can do 10.45 and that's confirmed in and then you're going to have to go back and say, I'm so sorry. Yeah, We're now going to have to flip to the afternoon. And like you said, the ones that are most likely to be able to move are an online uh, online first and foremost yeah. for a, for a uh, interview. Print. Think about their deadline. Exactly. If they if you've got an interview at eleven o'clock in the morning and they say they can't do eleven, they're not going to be able to do five o'clock because their newspaper will needs to go to print. Yeah. So they don't have the luxury. Or if you need to move around another interview, newspaper is you've yeah. only really got the morning or very early afternoon to yeah, deal with. Yeah, I with would them. say two p.m. Yeah, is 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 your is really your cutoff point unless it is a. A-list, big A-list celebrity or whatever, and then they'll probably push it to 3.30, but that's probably yeah. the end. That's the end. Yeah, absolutely. And when do you send media a, a reconfirmation? So we've already confirmed their yep. time frame with them. They've said, yeah, great, we'll do it for 11 o'clock on that Wednesday, and that's, that's two weeks in advance. W- at what point do you send them a reminder, or I'll, do you need to? Well, yeah, I do. I send them a reminder um, probably 24 hours to 48 hours in advance, and then I, if it's live stuff, I will um, have the beautifully designed schedule (laughs) in front of me that has two contacts on it so it has the backup contact and the contact and if it is a really big schedule i'll be texting that person letting them know that the interview is going to be happening in about seven or eight minutes Uh um and hopefully they'll come back to you they don't always but you're just doing everything that you can to make it all happen and make sure it's all running to time and if it is a particularly tight day or they've got to make a flight or something then i would be putting that in the email that 24 hours before saying just let you know just reconfirming your whatever it is 5 to 5 30 p.m interview however the talent needs to be on a flight in so we we cannot depart later than 5 40 p.m so just so just in case they're running late that day and think oh well we'll just we'll just delay it by 20 minutes so if there's anything that is cannot be moved then I would just be reiterating that to the journalist to say, look, there's something happening around yeah. that we can't move, so we really need to keep to that time frame. I've also said in those kind of circumstances when you're doing the follow-up 24 hours beforehand, say, hey, look, we're in the car, we're travelling from um, A to B, from you know from the airport to the hotel or whatever. Um, hope you don't mind. There may be some background noise or there may be other things. The, the interview, the person you're interviewing will be totally focused, but we're actually moving at this time. So, you know, there may be, because you don't know, they could be wanting to record it to use mm-hmm. or um you know whatever so just to uh, alert them of any sort of unusual circumstances and i've done interviews walking through the airport and <laughs> on your way into customs not customs but on the way into transit and stuff like yeah. that as well so yeah. you know some days you just got to try and slot in wherever you can and we you mentioned about the radio interviews and uh, sometimes you just can't go into the radio studio it's totally fine mm. Uh, do you listen on every interview that's happening? Obviously, if it's TV or radio, you might be present, but are you listening to every word that they say in a print interview or anything like that? Do you give them some space? Um, no, no space. Mm. Um, depend, it, it really depends. For, for, for radio, sometimes it's harder to listen in. Like sometimes if you're traveling from A to B in a car, yes. you're doing it on a loudspeaker anyway. Yeah. Um, so you can hear it. Um, you know, again, using those allies that you, you, that you speak to, fairly regularly I'm less likely to listen into the interview mm-hmm. unless the talent are nervous yes. and then you basically doing whatever they want you to do you know publications or, or outlets that you're not so familiar with I'd be listening in yeah absolutely and 
that sometimes is where you need to step in, especially if it's a face-to-face interview or um, it's a publication that might steer them down a road that can be a little unpredictable. Tricky, yeah. yeah. Again, that's it's your role to be across that. So if you're, you know, catching up on your emails or messaging someone and you're not paying attention to what they're saying, that, that talent could be in, you know, a world of... Um, not pain, but very uncomfortable yeah. or, and they don't feel like they can say that's not appropriate and they're going to be reliant on you to maybe end that interview. So you do have to be paying attention. And absolutely. And you can make yourself look busy so that you're not threatening in the room. Like I'll, I'll be, you know, like on my laptop or whatever, but I'm certainly listening into everything that's going on and yes. waiting for that right moment to Step in if you need to. And, and, you know, you can say things like, oh, I didn't realise we were going down that road. That wasn't something Mm -hmm. that we'd discussed earlier. Um, You know, we've already covered this topic heavily. Um, Can we move on to the next question? You know, there's there's, there's ways uh, of... of, And there's a delicate art to paying attention and not paying attention, like you said. You know, it's important that you're not there staring at the person, doing the interview, staring at the journalist and looking like you're hanging on every word because the journalist will get really annoyed that you don't trust that they're going to ask reasonable questions and your talent may get quite uncomfortable. So you need to think about that. And and just remember, as the publicist, you're not the one that's been interviewed. Yeah. So when there's a joke or whatever, or, you know, and sometimes you do really want to get involved into it, it's, it's you know, it's uh, getting back to the thing, it's not about you. No one cares about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, you need, need to, unless you feel like you can, you know, unless uh, this is just personally like you know maybe if the time frame's slightly wrong you can say oh it was actually we did this and did it you know you can help them or encourage them to the right answer but i really i'm not answering anyone's questions unless they ask you directly Absolutely. when did this happen or whatever so what happens in the middle of your beautifully put together interview schedule if delays come up let's say uh, a, a car is late in transit an interview runs over mm-hmm. um an emergency happens with the talent and they've got to take a personal phone call, which means they can't start yeah. an interview at a certain time. How do you manage the restructuring of those interviews? In sort of different ways, you can sort of see it unfolding a little bit. I think if you're basically delayed from interview number three of 20 interviews, you're going to know there's going to be an impact throughout the day on everything. So what I would do is um, prioritise myself what I think is live, what I think is, you know, um, as we discussed before, you know, like print has a deadline on it, uh, online has less of a deadline on it, and getting on the front foot and letting those outlets know that it's not cancelled, you know, um, it's, you know, it's an evolving schedule, things maybe have moved back, you know, speak to or text if you can't, if you can't talk at the time you know the outlets to just to keep them aware of everything that's going on and that there could be a delay um and we'll get back to them or can we push this interview back into the back into the day or or can we suggest doing it by email if things are actually you know like a complete disaster so like our honesty is always the best policy and things like this and just keep the outlets aware of what's going on and it may be even with something like a live radio interview which is very inflexible at the best of times, they may easily be able to shuffle around 10 minutes. They can bring forward a funny segment they were going to talk exactly. about what happened there with their kid last Record night. Record it and in the ad break, um, which, exactly. which often happens and, th- you know, things like that. So, yeah, I just think, you know... Keeping... So don't start stressing, I no. don't think, until you have people coming back saying, well, yeah. we can't move and this is what has to be. And don't forget, you know, I think we said earlier, um, scheduling those breaks and, and having those breaks in the schedule yes. means that you can 
slot things in where you need to, if you need to. And don't uh, forget about hair and makeup slots as well. If your talent has to do multiple... Touch-ups. Yeah, shoots in the day or something like that and they're getting done, then you need to allocate two hours potentially at the start of the day. And if they're on radio at 6.30 a.m., Uh, it it may be that they have to go in hair and makeup at 4 a.m., yeah. but I would not want to be putting my talent in then. So you'd need to be trying to f- carve out some time for two hours, of which yeah. they could be doing some phone interviews, yeah. but think about the amount of time that it can take for hair and makeup if also, that's necessary. Also, multiple uh, TV, if you're doing you know different TV interviews throughout the day, that's going to involve an outfit change for every interview as well, um, which is another thing that you build in. <laughs> and then also you've got to be aware that you're probably going to be carrying you know four or five different outfits. Um, yes. And most TV studios and radio studios will have a green room for that, for the changes to be able to happen. But it's just another thing, you know, especially with female talent, if they're doing Sunrise, The Today Show, Studio 10 or, or whatever it is, they're more than likely when they're going to get changed after every interview. And I, and I think I think they should as well. So yeah. it's fresh too. So one of the things that I do once my whole day of interview schedule is done, obviously I'm thanking people profusely as I'm going throughout the day and thank you so much for your time and yeah. thank you for doing this, blah, blah, blah. But then at the end of the day, um, and not even the next day, usually at the end of the day or that night, I then send an email back to each of the interviews you've done to say thank you once again, but yeah. also to use that opportunity to follow up with. That was so... Thank you so much. Um, I've got a, if you could send me through a link to that radio interview or um, you mentioned that it might go online uh, either tomorrow or the next day. Let me know when you've got an understanding of when that may be so I can be updated. So you can use that as a chance to be genuinely thankful, uh, but as a little inroad to kind of work out when that might be running or if they need anything else or did the photos turn out okay or yeah. we need to reschedule time for that 10 minutes to the extra chat. And I think that's really important, Brooke, and that's part of relationship building too, which I think is maybe because we've been doing this for a lot longer, is an element that people forget. And, um, and you know, you're not working in a paid space. We're working in editorial, whether it be broadcast, radio, online, whatever it is. And those thank yous and those pleases and that, that sort of courtesy really go a long way. And as a PR person, those relationships are your value. Yes. And so you can call upon um, the Daily Telegraph or news.com.au um, when you don't have a spectacular interview and they will still help you and run it. So yeah. those pleases and thank yous are something that I was certainly taught a very, very long time ago by some amazing publicists. And I think that's sort of, you know, gone through everything that I've done over the over the years. And, and as you said, you know, you can find out your you, when it's going to run in a nice way, if it's going to be posted online as well and all those things and say thank you at the same time. People love it. Another thing as well is, you know, if you manage to catch your interview um, the next day by reading it on, online or, or listening to the radio interview you've heard it the next day in the car or whatever, I will also make a note of a high point of that interview and then comment back and say, oh, it was really great when you asked a particular question you know you asked her this or you asked him that and the journalists get a real kick out of that too mm. because you know they want to they want to be appreciated too yes. you know? so and I think again it goes back to that relationship building stuff. yeah and also back to that thanking I would also 
thank the talent and their manager at the end of the day. Sure, they may have been contracted to do something, yeah. but I would send a note to them saying, thank you so much for your time. It was a delight to work with you. Thank yeah. you for making my day so easy. Or I'm so exactly. sorry we had to reschedule so many interviews, but yeah. I appreciate you, you know, staying back an extra 15 minutes. Or yeah. um, It's about building that relationship and I guess looking at the talent as a – uh, as a human and not a workhorse, Absolutely. sure, it is part of their contract to do those eight interviews or yep. that the eight hours of interviews. But they are a human and they have human needs. And um, you've talked about this in a in a previous episode, but always being three steps ahead yep. and anticipating what they may need or want mm-hmm. will help you put your interview mm-hmm. schedule together. I think a certain, just on the three steps ahead thing, I think on having a certain amount of anxiety through the day helps you perform and yes. get through that stuff. Yes. You know, I think if you're rolling into a day being super over overconfident, and you and I have both done this a lot, yeah. um, not rolling in being overconfident, but doing a lot of interviews and yeah. done those things. If I don't wake up that morning and I'm a little bit excited or a little bit anxious about what's going to happen in that day, then it doesn't kind of feel right. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I will never, no matter, you know, how many press tours we've done or whatever, I'll always have that little element of what can go wrong or how am I going to deal with this or, you know. Yeah, and it's not about being that person's best friend. I know I had a, um, this is my little name drop here, when I was at Channel 10, uh, they would fly out a lot of American actors on shows and use them to promote that show when they were in Australia. So I looked after Eric Stone Street, who was Cam from Modern Family, and we had him for two or three days of interviews. And he also flew out with a publicist from... Fox or whoever Fox, yeah. that was on air with who essentially did nothing. She mm. just kind of babysat him. That mm. was their rules and regulations that someone had to accompany them. And she got some feedback from Eric at the end of the two or three days about me and she wanted to sit down and have a coffee about it. And the feedback was, um, you know, everything ran really to plan with Brooke, but um, uh, she she seemed really focused on just making sure everything ran perfectly throughout the day thank you Brooke yes <laughs> and uh and I and I think he was looking that as she should have been more fun but I took that as I've done my job and that's Absolutely. exactly what Fox said back to yeah. him it is not her role to yeah. be fun it is her role to make sure your day runs smoothly and everything goes Absolutely. to plan and you do all the interviews and you're prepped and stuff it's not your role Absolutely. to be their best friend no it's not and they don't need to know what you've had for breakfast nope. what your boyfriend's doing what your dog's name is unless that is asked then by all means go for it but you need to know what they've had for breakfast what their dog's <laughs> name is and all that kind of yeah. stuff so before they arrive you know I still use this saying that I can't believe I'm going to say it is you know a good publicist should be heard and never seen mm. so you need to know absolutely everything about everyone that you're working with but they don't really need to know a hell of a lot about you no. and I think that's really really important yeah absolutely I think that's a really good point to end with so thank you so much for your time today um, I feel like we covered so much stuff but we only really touched on a few elements and we could have gone on for hours but if you have any questions feel free to head to the website and drop me an email there thanks for listening to the pr pod for more expert tips on working in pr head to www.theprpod.com